Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 15th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good friends, Micah Burge. Hello. And Nathan McDonald. Two weeks till the draft. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Yes, that is. We're counting down the days. Every day, there's a little bit of stupid hype that means nothing that we consume mm-hmm. and enjoy in preparation of the draft i think i actually do hate this time like now that we've analyzed the majority i mean not not every single person there's still some deep dives i still need to do i know myself but i'm just ready for it to happen like i don't want any of this two weeks of stupid reports and hype it's frustrating you guys agree I feel like the good analysis as far as like the reports and stuff in the media stopped, well, probably a long time ago, but at least like half a month ago. Now it's just a bunch of hearsay and uh, I just can't wait till the draft is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it happens every single uh, year, so I just try to tune it out at this point. This is when it gets bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But it's exciting and we, you know, I don't tune it out. I still listen to it and uh, make wonder and hope and dream for <laughs> players to fall and everything else. But we'll see. We got two more weeks. I'm very excited. Uh, that being said, t- today we're going to be covering the tight end class from this class, which definitely compared to some previous years in the past, it's a much better class. Uh, still not incredibly deep, but um, but there's enough. We're going to cover our top five in those rankings and maybe give an honorable mention or two. And then we're also going to cover some leftover wide receivers, just kind of our 11 through 15 or just uh, two or three guys that we didn't get to cover last week in our top 10 that we feel like is worth mentioning and talking about. So um, that's going to be today's agenda. Um, news-wise, there's not really – too much interesting to talk about other than Jadavian Clowney just signed to my Browns and we are going to have just a sick killer defense with John Johnson back there. Uh, we got Troy Hills, a nice slot corner. Like um, we had some really nice free agency acquisitions and uh, yeah, I'm super excited. What do you guys think about that signing? It's great. You have your secondary pass rusher as Jadavion Clowney. Like, dude, I mean, when it gets to the Super Bowl, I mean, Jake Matthews can probably hold off Miles Garrett, but, like, what are we going to do with Clowney? And that's going to be every team's problem. So, dude, the Browns just got better. They're probably going to win the division, and they're probably Super Bowl favorites at this point. I like your Super Bowl prediction there. That's, that's, that's Yeah, I'm not going to go with the Super Bowl favorites uh, take, and I'm not going to go with the Matthews can hold off Miles Garrett. That is a fantasy. Uh, Miles Garrett would destroy him, um, but no, having Clowney as your as your second man, especially as a run stopper, and he he should help Miles Garrett get to open up a few more sacks for him, which is crazy to think. So, uh, yeah, I mean Garrett could challenge for the sack record this year, but um, but yeah, I also think that signing of John Johnson backfield will also help you all a lot. Um, he's a really good player, especially when he can stay healthy. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see if the Browns defense can take the next step. Yeah, no, I was really excited about that John Johnson signing as well. I think it was one of the more underrated free agency acquisitions uh, this year just because, yeah, he we needed it. First of all, we had nothing back there uh, to take. We had basically like some trans transitionary linebackers back there playing safety. So 
I'm glad uh, to have, uh, and this is mm-hmm. with Grant Delpit's injury, obviously, but um, yeah, I'm really glad, really glad to have some, uh, s- some help back there. But anyways, uh, other than that, if, unless there's anything else you guys can think of, uh, we can get into our tight end rankings and uh, have Mr. Micah start out. Well, actually, uh, number one, we all know who number one is. Yeah, but we'll have Mr. Micah start out and give uh, give his thoughts on that number one player. Uh, here's the thing about Mr. Kyle Pitts. He is just incredible. He's amazing. I don't know how many adjectives I could come up with to describe what I think about this man. Like He's 6'6". He's got the longest wingspan of anybody in the drive for multiple years. He's an athletic freak. He watches tapes. He's just destroying everybody, and he's going to continue to do it in the NFL. And it's it's not just insane like what we see from him, but here's the thing, and we're going to get into this with all these other tight ends, is that tight end's a very strange position to hit on because there's so many variables that go into it, and tight ends usually come in the like, second round or after, and then one of them ends up being good, like George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. You know, they're going after the second round in drafts. And Kyle Pitts, though, he's like the most sure thing of a tight end I've ever seen. And that's why, like, everyone's just gushing over him and saying he's going to go so high is because everyone's so confident of how good he's going to be. TJ Hawkinson went into the top 10. So I don't see how um, Kyle Pitts honestly falls past the Dolphins at number six, which is insane with all the quarterbacks going off the board and other, all the other talent in this draft. Like, it's it's insane how good Kyle Pitts is. And Everyone's going to know his name if they don't somehow already. So I'm really interested to see his career. So if you can get Kyle Pitts in any league that you're in, like do it. Just absolutely do it. Yeah. Uh, um, Nathan, why don't you jump on? I'm assuming you – actually, I know you have Kyle Pitts as the number <laughs> one tight end as well. Yeah, no, I'm not a crazy person. Um, Kyle Pitts is, I think, legitimately the best tight end prospect of all time. Um, he is a free, the closest comp I can come up to him with his size and speed combination and his wingspan is honestly Calvin Johnson. And like, I, he might even, if he was playing wide receiver, I might even have him over chase. I think it'd be really close between those two, but I mean, it's better for fantasy purposes that he does play tight end for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, I'm going to be honest. This guy is my number one overall player on the board. I don't care if it's super flex leagues or anything. Obviously, this is in dynasty rookie drafts, but he is my number one player on the board because these guys are so rare. And he could just be an absolute cheat code. We saw how many teams won with Kelsey this past year. His ceiling is much higher than Kelsey, which is insane to think about, but um, just as far as his actual skill set, I mean, we've seen him do it all field as far as route running and dominating at the catch point. I mean, he was dominating guys like J.C. Horn, who's going to be a first round corner this year. I mean, he there is nobody who could guard him. He can play all over the field. Whoever drafts him is going to use him from day one. He's going to be targeted at least five times his rookie game at minimum. He's he's a game wrecker. Um, yeah, like I said, he's my number one overall player on the board, regardless of position. He's incredible. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I definitely love Kyle Pitts as well. And it is hard to figure out exactly where I'm going to place him on the big board for my, for myself. But number one is definitely high praise. Uh, so does that mean – so obviously if, if you had a team where all things were equal, 
you're saying you would take Pitts over the quarterbacks, but let's say you did have a quarterback need and a tight end need. Would you prioritize the quarterback there and take one of the quarterbacks or would you still just take Pitts and worry about it later? And uh, is it, is it, is it need dependent, I guess, or, or, because uh, I mean, obviously, if you have Kittle and everything, and you need a, a quarterback, you're going to take the quarterback. But if you need both positions, would you think you would still still go with Pitts? Uh, see if you can trade Kittle for a rookie quarterback and like a second round pick mm-hmm. would be my suggestion. Uh, like smart. if you could trade Kittle for Zach Wilson. No, no, no. I was saying if, or Justin Fields. Sorry, I was saying if you. No, I'm saying like in that scenario, if you have Kittle and your quarterback needy. I would say, and you have like the first overall pick, I would say take Kyle Pitts, trade Kittle, obviously secure this before you do it, but trade Kittle for another top five, six pick. You can land one of these rookie quarterbacks, so I think at least four of them are going to be very good. Um, And then you could probably pick up at least a second rounder in the process. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's a safer pick than – pretty much anybody else in the draft and he also has the highest upside and he's at a position where like there's very few elite guys and they dominate so right yeah i'm all right no so real quick just quickly answer this so no but let's say you didn't have a a tight end that you could like so like let's say you're in my position in our dynasty league and you have austin hoover and and you know hayden hurst or just nobody you can depend on but you also need a quarterback would you you would still take Kyle Pitts there and just worry about your, your quarterback later. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, you can trade, hopefully if you're deficient at both those positions, you have something else going for you. Like you have a lot of running backs or you have some extra wide receivers that you can work in a trade, maybe with a pick um, to secure a quarterback or something. But yeah, okay. I, I would take the best player available and especially at the position he plays. Yeah. Okay. It's for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's definitely bold. And, you know, I do think if you were in the position with the 101, in most cases, you probably could trade back a couple of spots and maybe gain some more and still get Kyle Pitts. Cause I don't think most people are going to be taking him at the 101, but that being said, if you're just, if you have the 101 and you're just that convicted and I mean, I definitely agree. I mean, let me get into my, uh, my, my, my thoughts on him for sure. I mean, you guys have been and, and real quick, I just want to say, like, I'm going to put this into practice. So in our Devi league, I have the 101 pick and then I have the three, four and five. I've made a bunch of trades to get those. So um, I'm taking pits number one overall and it's Devi. So there's not, it's not as important, but there's also Zach Wilson and Mac Jones on the board. And I'm just going to take whichever one of those, probably Mac Jones, falls to me at the number three pick. But, mm-hmm. like, I'm okay with taking either one of those guys, but there's no guy that I want to take that's anywhere close to Pitts at his position. Yeah, So, and I think that's fair. I mean, to, to you know, I think he's a guy – you basically don't have to worry about your tight end position for the next seven to ten years, hopefully outside of injury and, of course, with every other concern that every other player has. But um, – but yeah, no, I so I can definitely see that that thought process uh, uh, and 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 see what you're saying there. But yeah, I mean, no, he uh, in in only eight games he had 48 receptions, 770 yards, 12 touchdowns. If you extrapolate that, obviously times that by two for a 16 game pace, and obviously now we're having a 17th game. Uh, I mean, he would have 24 touchdowns, 1500 yards, uh, 86. I mean, that it's just bonkers, and I don't think he's gonna do that right away or anything, but those kind of numbers are his upside, like absolutely. And it's, 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 uh, 
I think the only thing I worry about with him is just him not going to the right coach or scheme or system to where they don't utilize him as the main target in that offense. I mean, I feel like if you're drafting him as high as you have to draft him, you're probably going to do it. So I don't think there's much concern at this point, but that being said, I just think that's the only way he doesn't become a top, you know, four or five tight end, you know? So, but, um, yeah, I mean, he at his pro day, it was just ridiculous. He had a 83 and a half inch wingspan, which was the largest ever for a tight end. Um, he had a 33 and a half inch vert, a 10 and a 10 foot nine inch broad jump, which is absolutely mm-hmm. ridiculous for a six foot six man. Uh, and uh, yeah, and he ran a four four. So there's and the I crazy mean, thing everyone, is he has those super long arms and he still did 22 reps on the bench. So he's still yeah. incredibly strong and it's hard to do that many when the, your arms are that long. So Definitely. he's just all around. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, and on the field, he is a threat everywhere. I mean, he can, you can feed him short targets and he can get yak, you know, yards after catch. Uh, he's a, uh, you know, middle of the field, like zone, find the hole in the zone guy. And then he's also a down the field, long route guy. So, I mean, just however you want to use him on the field. Uh, he's a great route runner. Um, I think one of his only negatives on the field, and it's not even a negative, it's just, he's an average blocker. He's not, he's elite at everything except blocking. Yeah. So he, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is, is from a fantasy perspective, we don't care that much about blocking, but I do just think from a rookie getting on the field perspective, if it is something he struggles with, I don't, of course, I think he's going to be on the field, but you know, it's the only thing I could come up with for a negative. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah, It would be like someone taking Devontae Smith and not putting them on the field. Like he's going to get put on somewhere. He may not get put in as an inline blocker as much as rookie year, but, um, but I mean, he's still, like you said, he's good as a blocker. He's just not like elite or game changing like he is in every other area. Right. Right. It's the only, yeah, yeah. It's the only thing I could really say that wasn't blowingly positive. You have to nitpick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he is, I think he's a lock. This is, I don't think it's that bold of a prediction, but I think his rookie year, he's going to be a top seven tight end. So I think, you know, uh, but that being said, the tight end position in itself, a lot of times we do see there's maybe a two to three year ease in window. I don't think there's any chance it's going to be that long for him, but you know, that is the the only blowback I could see. If you need a player that's going to contribute immediately right away, maybe I would be afraid to take a tight end with my first overall pick. But um, I definitely think he's going to be somewhere around three or four overall for me. So um, I, you know, I don't think I'm too far behind you there. But uh, Michael, uh, where are you at? Are you, are you, are you more with Nathan where you take him one overall or you're going to have the third overall pick? There's going to be a strong chance oh. you uh, get him. Are you going to, you, you, you can take him there. Would you take him over a quarterback that might fall to you? I'm just going to let y'all know if he gets drafted by the Falcons, I'm buying his Jersey draft night. I'm drafting him 103 overall in our dynasty <laughs> rookie draft. Like I'll be all in on confidence. I do think, I do think that's the perfect landing spot for him. I really do think, I don't know if we're going to draft him, mm. but I really do think Atlanta is the best spot for him. So if he goes to the Falcons, Oh yeah. But I, I just need quarterback need very badly in that league so i will probably take a quarterback and if he goes to the falcons uh i might have to suck her up and take him number three okay no yeah and that is i i'm glad we asked you that question because the question i was asking nathan is actually what 
you're the situation you're actually in in our league. Yep. So where you have the need at quarterback, but you might actually uh, you might actually be able to get get uh, Kyle Pitts there. So yeah, that'll be a really interesting decision. I'll be anxious to see what you do. Um, but um, me too. Do you guys have anything else you want to add here? I mean, obviously we're all very high on him. I think Nathan, you we we can consider you the high guy here. But uh, but yeah, anything else to add, guys? Nope. We can move on to number two. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, uh, Nathan, why don't you give us your number two then? Yeah, I feel like this isn't going to be too much of a shock, but um, my number two and three were actually pretty close, so closer than a lot of people have said, but I have Pat Farmuth as my number two. Um, So, unfortunately, he was called Baby Gronk, which kind of put some unrealistic expectations on him, I feel, Mm -hmm. but uh, he is good after the catch, but he definitely, he lacks uh, the power and contact balance that Gronk had. Um, to get the same yards after catch. And uh, he's definitely not the blocker that Gronk was. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's he's a very good blocker. He's kind of like your ideal in-line tight end. And uh, I, I think he's a top 50 prospect, honestly. If, if Kyle Pitts wasn't in this draft, he'd probably go in the late first round. Um, but I, I think he's definitely top 50. He should go in the second. Um, like I said, very good blocker. He shows nice effort and technique. Um, he's more polished than Pitts in this area. Um, but he uh, he's also a pretty good route runner. He displays good quickness and athleticism coming off the line. He's not freaky, fast, uh, long speed wise, but he has good quickness. Um, and he's tough over the middle and pretty consistent at winning contested balls. So um, uh, the only negatives I have uh, is he doesn't really get a whole lot of separation on his routes. Um, so he has to rely a little too much on contested catches. And I also noticed like he stumbles a bit too often when catching the ball or changing direction. It doesn't look like he has like the best of balance. So um, just something I noticed on quite a few plays of his, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's my number two tight end. Closest guy I could think of to him is like Tyler Eifert. I feel like is a yeah. fairly reasonable comp for him. Um, but, um, but yeah, anyway, he's my number two, Michael, what do you think? Uh, so I'm in the same boat with you. I have Pat at number two and he's very close to my number three as well, but I've thought about if Kyle Pitts wasn't in this draft class, that Pat would be the number one guy that I would want. And dude, he, I mean, like you said, it sucks that it's like the baby Gronk thing. That's initially what put me off on him. When you start hearing baby Gronk, you're like, oh my God, people are overhyping this dude. But uh, there's a reason mm-hmm. why they're calling him that because I mean he does kind of remind you of him aside from the blocking. But dude, he was he was a killer at Penn State. Like <laughs> he destroyed a mm-hmm. bunch of pretty good Big Ten defenses. Like it's the same school that Mike Gasecki went to, and he hasn't turned into the time we thought he would. But they seem to at least be able to produce something from Penn State. So yeah, if it wasn't for the freak of nature of Kyle Pitts, Pat would be the number one guy and. Dude, he's going to end up probably in, like, the early second, I think. I don't think he's going to be a first-round draft pick. I think a team like Jacksonville, I really think, is going to be targeting him. They very much need a tight end. They didn't sign one in free agency at all. They traded Josh Oliver. I 100% believe that they're going to be targeting a tight end with their early second. Maybe even their, like, other first-round pick. I doubt it. But I really could see Pat going – with the very first pick in the second round or them trade down a little bit and get him. 
but there might be another team like the Jets who are high on him too. So I, I think teams are really high on him, and I don't think he makes it out of probably like the mid-seconds as low as I think he goes in the draft. Um, so, yeah, that's my take on Pat. He's going to be a good tight end, and he seems to be close to a sure thing that's outside of Kyle Pitts in this class. So that's why I have a number two. And Josiah, do you tend to agree with me and Nathan? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we're unanimous here in our number two, Pat Fryermuth. Um, so he's 6'5 and 255 pounds. So he's 15 pounds heavier than Pitts, which I, uh, you know, obviously he's not as like elite of an athlete. So because of that, I like that for him. It does, you know, give him an edge in the blocking. And this is the only guy that I would say is a better blocker than Pitts and the only person that has any quality over pits on the field uh so i do think teams are going to be big on that he is a more classic uh, tight end um but yeah you know he's also a good receiver i mean in 2019 he had 500 yards and seven touchdowns that's really good production for a tight end and uh last year in four games uh he had uh uh, 23 receptions, 310 yards, and only one touchdown. But that touchdown was a 74-yard reception that that he broke two tackles and and took it to the house. So uh, he does. I don't, he didn't end up running uh, his 40 because he actually uh, his season in, uh, had a season-ending so- shoulder injury and was still recovering mm-hmm. from that. So that's why he didn't do any of his uh, pro day testings. But um, you know, but I mean seeing that he has that kind of speed where you can take it, you know, 74 yards, uh, you know, I, I think he, uh, you know, probably in the four sixes or something like that, but enough to where it's, 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 it's good for a tight end. And I do think he's above average and, uh, on, on at catching as well. And so, um, I think we'll see him emerge as a really good red zone target. I do think this is one of these guys where it's likely if he does go to Jacksonville, Micah, I think that's a really good landing spot where he could be the guy right away. Um, but um, I think it's likely he's not going to land in a quite, quite as a clean um, situation as that in a tight end room. But, um, you know, that being said, where do you guys think, uh, you know, obviously this is pre-landing spot and everything, but just roundabout, where do y'all think y'all would take him in a rookie draft, uh, assuming you needed a tight end? I'm thinking for me, it might be like the late second round, honestly. Like if I really needed a, a tight end, um, I might be willing to go at like the 210 to 212 spot. Do you guys think that's a good spot or a little too rich for y'all? What do y'all think? Yeah, unless someone like you let uh, Kadarius Tony drop to me there or something, I uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go ahead and pull the trigger on on Pat. Um, I think there would be some some good running back prospects there, but Pat would probably be the safest thing, especially if you need a tight end. Yeah, this just kind of goes off a of team need, and I really do think if he goes to Jacksonville, that's his ideal landing spot. And if he ends up there, I might take him. If I'm super in need of a tight end, like mid-second round, but okay. that late second, early third. Yeah, and I do think, obviously, it's a positionally dependent thing. So like Nathan said, uh, there's going to be some good uh, – well – relatively good uh running backs waiting there at the end of the second round there's gonna probably be one or two uh wide receivers that you might like there as well so um you know uh but yeah i think that that would be about where i'm thinking about him at the end of the second early third for sure but uh with that i think we can move on and get into guy number three here and it sounds like we probably all have the same number three i'll start out here and Mm -hmm. see if that's the case uh well actually you know what i just went why don't you start out nathan and uh and give us your number three 
Yeah, so number three for me is Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Uh, this guy was the number one tight end coming out of his uh, class in high school. And we saw why when he was at Miami. Um, he I, He's honestly a better athlete than Friermuth is. Um, he has the better ability to separate and create yards after the catch. Um, he might not be as safe of a pick because he can't be used as much as an inline blocker as Friermuth can. Uh, he's more uh, relegated to that H-back role, um, but he can be split out wide. He can play in the slot, um, and he's a decent enough blocker where you could put him at full black for a few plays and hit him do well enough for you. Um, but uh, he, he's an absolute weapon as a receiver, and he broke a lot of big plays for Miami. Um, he shows really nice explosion out of his breaks and pulls away from linebackers and safeties. I saw him uh, – he was killing them on the steam and slant routes especially. Um, and he doesn't have to rely solely on contested catches, even though he does succeed at a high rate with those, um, because he does create separation a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, the fact that he was used in a variety of ways at uh, Miami gives me hope that he can be uh, a match for a lot of offenses in the NFL. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, he, he was really close to Friermuth for me, especially when you're talking about fantasy-wise. He's two years younger. Uh, I think he's a better athlete, like I said, um, and he's a better receiver in my mind. So, um, especially if he gets drafted into a good system that uses him well in that in that role, I could easily see him beating Friermuth as a fantasy option. Um, but in real life, I would take Pat. But um, fantasy-wise, Jordan has an argument to be the tight end two in this class. Yeah, I think that's a good argument, and I I also had a similar decision when I was ranking this but yeah I also have Brevin Jordan number three um you hit on a lot of it very very good athlete um he ran a, a four six um and um he had a 34 inch vertical but he kind of came out and said he was disappointed in both and said that he thought he would do a lot better with both of those numbers so maybe he does have you know maybe he can do a little better than that but um you know i mean that being said neither one of those are anything to scoff at they're 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 really good tight end especially um but he is a little bit smaller than these other guys he's uh he's 6'3 240 mm-hmm. um he's not a great blocker in my opinion not very clean there um didn't really sustain mm-hmm. a lot of blocks he might get good initial contact but especially in the run game you need to sustain that block and i wasn't really seeing a lot of that um but showed good uh, effort, but didn't have the like power of Friar Muth to finish the play. Right, right. Okay. Couldn't really drive them, you know. So uh yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely I think that's gonna be an issue in the NFL. Uh but yeah, you know, I think the he reminds me a lot of OJ Howard, just like great athletic prospect and you know has a lot of potential and maybe even still if he ended up in a situation where they actually used him uh could be a a, a, mm-hmm. a fantasy viable tight end but i could see brevin jordan going somewhere and just kind of being stuck kind of like a, a njoku ended up being at uh at cleveland just this athletic freak that ends mm-hmm. up getting stuck somehow as the second or third string tight end and you never really see or hear from him as much as you want. So for me, I do think I'd probably want him more towards the middle to the end of the third round. I think there is a little bit of a tear break, uh, but I do see your point there, Nathan, that like reception wise PPR, the things that score fantasy points, 
Uh, he could be just as valuable, if not more valuable than, than Pat Fryermuth. But I do think it'll be just easier for Fryermuth to get on the field, especially initially. Um, yes. But yeah, I think that's just about all. Oh, one thing I do want to say about, about Bevan Jordan though, is he runs, he does run really good routes and better routes than anybody outside of Kyle Pitts in this class. And uh, I like a lot. He, he can get a lot of like bubble screens and short routes and design plays and get a lot of yards after catch. And he actually did good. It did do a decent job of, um, you know, when he got the contact, he wasn't really, didn't seem afraid of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, even though he is, and I say smaller, he's 240 pounds, six, three. It's not that he's tiny. He's just, you know, not as big as we typically think of tight ends being these big maulers, you know? So. Yeah. And, and in fairness to them and their respective pro days, so Friar Muth came in at 251 and Jordan came in at 247. Um, Friar Muth is just definitely taller and has more length to use in, in the blogging area. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my closest comp I got for Jordan was, uh, actually John New Smith, uh, reminds me okay. a lot of John New Smith. They're about the same size. Um, and, uh, he's not quite as athletic as John New, but very similar players in my mind. But, um, Micah, is it going to be a three for three? Do you agree with us here? I do not agree with either of you here, even though I, I have nothing Ooh. against I have nothing against Brevin Jordan, and there's a lot of factors that go into this next tight end that I fell in love with during this process. So at number three, I have none none other than Mr. Hunter Long from Boston College University. Dude, I love this guy. And it's really hard with fantasy tight ends because I want to look at him and how he's going to be as a football player and a fantasy asset to where he's just such a good blocker. And that's part of the reason why I love him so much. Like he's, he might be the best blocker in this draft class and dude, he's really, really good at it. That's going to keep him on the field and he's going to be out there and he might have a more prolonged career because of that. And maybe late stages of his career become the guy who gets more just red zone targets and he just keeps blocking. And, but it's not just his blocking though, dude, he's like really good. And he had this dude named Mr. Phil Jerkovich as his quarterback with this, the most horrendous throwing motion. My God, the fact that he Hunter long even was able to get passes is incredible to me. So I think like the production he put up with like not a good quarterback was just God, that release is so bad. Everyone who hasn't seen it, go watch Hunter long highlights and you'll see his quarterback Jerkovich and see what I'm talking about. Um, but no, dude, he gets open. He, he, he gets open very well. He's a very good route runner. And I think that's where he excels at outside of blocking. And he's been a good catcher. I haven't seen many drops from him. And I just think that he's going to end up being the third best tight end in this class. I, I don't know if he has the ceiling of being like a number one or two, but I think he's just going to be a solid NFL player. He's going to play for a long while. And I think he has a very safe floor and I am praying to God that if the Falcons are able to trade down and get more draft picks, please get this man with one of these draft picks that you accumulate by trading down because dude, he, the team's going to be so lucky to have him. So the only way I feel like I will be wrong on Hunter Long is if he ends up maybe not being the best fantasy asset in tight end, but as a football prospect in tight end, he's going to be very, very, very good. So I still wouldn't bring him at number three. And I still think he's going to just be better than Brevin Jordan. Nothing is Brevin Jordan, but I just got a feeling for Hunter Long. 
Yeah, you know, I don't think that's an insanely hot take. I mean, one of the, you mentioned you mentioned he sure-handed didn't have a problem with drops, and that is one of the negatives I didn't actually mention about Brevin Jordan. But he did have a problem with drops, and sometimes he kind of like caught with his body more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I can see that 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 kind of being an argument there. But yeah, that's surprising. There, that's their first uh, somewhat yeah. hot take of the episode for sure. And he, his body language is the best out of all the tight ends. He played the position so naturally and he has very good fundamentals. And I, I dude, I love the guy, Arthur Smith, please. If this somehow reaches you, please get Hunter long. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Arthur Smith is a listener at this point. So we got tweet at him. Well, for sure. But, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think um, we're ready to get in number four and I'll start out here with number four. And uh, cause I'm, I'm big on this guy. This is the guy I feel like I'm going to be the high guy on. We'll see. I mentioned him at the end of the episode last week. It's Mr. Kenny Yaboa. And um, Kenny Yaboa is six, four. He's uh, 250 pounds. And uh, he played, he played for five years in college. So he played for the first four at Tulsa. Didn't really have any production there because it's Tulsa. But last year he went to Ole Miss and uh, let me say his stats in seven games, Ole Miss, he had 27 receptions, 524 yards, six touchdowns, and he had 19.4 yards per catch, which is, the most in of any tight end in the nation last year. So he was really just this down the field target. I mean, outside of uh, Elijah Moore, he was pretty much the secondary target at Ole Miss last year. So they really manufactured targets for him, got him in the offense. I really like to see that. Um, he uh, didn't run the 40, but he did have a 34 inch vertical, which is good. And he had a nine, uh, nine foot, eight inch broad jump uh, and did 16 on the bench. So, uh, pretty good physical traits there. Not a bad athlete at all. Not a slouch at all. Um, he's a decent run blocker. Uh, definitely not as good as some of these other guys, but I think it's it's nothing that that um, is, is so bad that it, it, it'll keep him off the field. Um, and he appears to have speed on film. He didn't. Um, we didn't get his forty time, so I'm not not sure where that's at. But um, he did, yeah, his long touchdown this year was 68 yards. So um, and it was a breakaway run. Uh, so you know. Uh, his negatives are he just, he needs to improve his route running and his tree. He ran a lot of just deep, you know, seam routes um, and, uh, and kind of just ran to the middle of the field and would find the hole in the zone, which he was actually very good at, but yeah, a lot of the same routes over and over again. Um, And uh, yeah, he probably won't see a lot of playing time to start out. I'm assuming, Um, but it'll be interesting to see where his draft capital goes, but yeah, I'm really big on Kenny Yaboa. And one thing that I did like about him is he's, he's a downfield guy and outside of, Kyle Pitts, I didn't really see a lot of guys that were getting these big downfield targets. And for fantasy, of course, that's very valuable. So uh, so that's why I got Kenny Yaboa number four. Um, what about you, Nathan? Who you got number four? Yeah, number four for me is going to be Tommy Trimble hmm. out of Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, this guy... I got to push back on all y'all saying anyone else is the best blocker in the class. Tommy Trimble is the best blocker in this class, and it ain't even close. This guy mauls people. I mean, he puts them in the dirt all the time. He is, he's got a mean streak. He takes pride in absolutely decking people. So, um, honestly, aside from Kyle Pitts, he was the most fun of the tight end film to watch for me. 
because he was destroying people on the majority of the plays. So, um, and that's one of the positives for him is I think he's one of the safest picks at this position because I think one, he's going to get on the field day one because of his blocking ability. He already does it better than a lot of NFL tight ends. And he he's going to play in the league for the next 10 years because his blocking ability is going to allow him to do that. And this pick him at number four is a little bit of projection because like Hunter Long is a better receiver than him at this point. There's no doubt. But Tommy Trimble is a better athlete. He ran a four six flat at 241 pounds and six four. Uh, he has very long arms. He did 20 reps on the bench. Uh, he had a 37-inch vertical, 10-foot, uh, 2-inch broad jump. A very, very good athlete. And he did not have much production at Notre Dame. And the reason is, is he played behind Cole Komet. And then this year, he played behind a guy named Michael Mayer, who's probably going to be the number one tight end whenever he comes out of his class because he is absolutely electric. Um, but so Notre Dame just asked this guy to do what he does best and block most of the time. So he's a raw receiver that will need a few years of development. Um, but man, he's going to see the field early. He's a high motor player, never gives up on a play. Um, yeah, he comes from his good background. His father was Greg Trimble, who was an all sec DB for UGA and <laughs> very good NFL player as well. So, uh, he has a good background there. I'll good pull stock. for him there. Good stock. Um, good, good stock. So, um, but yeah, I just, his blocking ability and his youth, I mean, he's not even 21 yet, so he has a lot of room to grow as a receiver. So his athletic ability I'm projecting will allow him, he's going to get on the field and then they're going to want to build his receiving ability from there. So that's my argument for Trimble at four. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you that I enjoyed watching his tape and yeah, the, he didn't crack my top five, but he was going to be my honorable mention. Uh, so I'll just talk about him now. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, fantasy wise, it might be a year or two before we see any value if, if at all, but without a doubt, I mean, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think he is going to get drafted probably definitely higher than Yaboa. Um, you know, maybe in the range of a Revan Jordan, just depending on if there's a 12 personnel team that does want that super solid run blocker on the, on the end of the line. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see his development. And if it happens, I mean, yeah, I think that's definitely a good call on your part. So uh, but yeah, Mr. Micah, who you got number four? Dude, Nathan, that was such a beautiful piece on Mr. Tommy because he's my number four. I, I didn't think you would be on him as well. Oh, dude, and like, uh, dude, you really like nailed everything that I love about him because essentially you could take a lot of what you said about him, about what I said about Hunter Long. And dude, he is mm -hmm. the second best pass blocker in this or run any kind of blocker for a tight end in this class, dude. I thought Hunter edged him out, but dude, Tommy's really oh. good. And dude, it's something they sat behind mm -hmm. Cole Komet, and there's not as much film as you want on him. But dude, what he, he's gonna figure it out. He's not a bad route runner. I actually think like mm -hmm. he's better at route running than he is catching. And dude, that's the thing with tight ends. No matter like you can be fast, and we've seen a ton of fast ones who can't get open. Then you have Greg Olson who's barely able to get around, and he gets open because he can run routes and he understands what he needs mm -hmm. to do to beat his guy. And dude, that's um what I just think Tommy's gonna do. And another reason why I couldn't put him over Hunter is because of like you said, he's gonna need to develop into this pass um, catcher mm -hmm. that I think he's going to be. And that happens with a lot of tight ends. Tight mm -hmm. ends are a position that no, you're not going to come out the gates and be amazing. Like Cole Komet was the number one tight end last year, and, you know, he didn't have a very good rookie season. 
But um, mm-hmm. and I think that he can go to a place though, develop in maybe like two years, he's gonna be really good. And I I just think that Tommy's gonna end up being exactly like Hunter Long. I mean, it could, yeah. If the Falcons can't get Hunter Long, I want them to get um tommy tremble even <laughs> like this even makes more sense for them well, to trade back and get tied in even though how good kyle pitts actually it, no i would still want kyle pitts <laughs> every every player we have to draft to the Falcons. <laughs> yeah falcons need to get him i do agree if he slips if he somehow i think he's a top 100 player if he slips to like the early fifth round pick we have uh, that'd be awesome because Mm-hmm. It would help heal old wounds. UGA offered this guy, and uh, unfortunately, he committed to Notre Dame. But I also think there's some validity into the fact that he's a he's a true junior coming out, and mm-hmm. I think he's coming out because NFL told him you have a good draft spot here. Um, you know, your blocking ability will get you a good draft selection on its own. So um, I, I think you know his agent told him he should go ahead, and he has the draft stock to come out. So that's a good sign for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, before we get into our number five, I just want to ask you a quick question that I just thought about. How many of these guys do you think would have been the tight end one in last year's class? So obviously Pitts. Uh, do we all agree Fryermuth? I think I would rather Fryermuth as a prospect, obviously, like notwithstanding like Cole Komet's first year and Adam Troutman's first year, just as prospects, uh, you know, I think – Probably even Brevin Jordan, I would maybe even draft over. Maybe Cole Komet would be right around there, I think. But uh, but yeah, no, this 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 tight end class is much better than last year's, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the episode. But you guys agree with that? Would y'all would y'all go as far as Jordan or even further um, as far as compared to last year's tight end class? Um, I'd I'd probably have Cole Komet number two or three in this class. Um, he's he's right there with Friar okay. and Jordan for me. Um, so yeah, okay. it's he, he's he's still a really young player, and I, it's hard to judge tight ends on their rookie year. So he was very very good in college. Um, so I think if he was like coming out like he was when he did, he'd probably be number two on this list. But it's they're in that same group. Okay. Yeah, I I, I would take hey, Michael. You're not Pitts, obviously. Yeah, I would take Kyle Pitts obviously over mm. him, but I would take Cole Komet two or three. Like I'd have to wait and see okay. where Pat ends mm. up, but as just prospects yeah. wise, it's pretty interchangeable two of them. So I'd have to go into it deeper, but I might go with Cole. Yeah, for me there, I think the reason why it's pretty easy, I think for me to go Fryermuth over Cole Komet if they're coming out of the same class, just I think Fryermuth has the like I said, his long reception was almost eighty yards. Uh, I don't think Cole Komet has that kind of athleticism and speed where he's going to get these long breakaway touchdowns and maybe, and to be fair, maybe Frymuth won't in the NFL either, but, um, but I think Frymuth does have a little bit higher upside, but yeah, I'd agree that I think Cole Komet would be probably three in this class, but, but anyways, on to our number five uh, rankings here. And uh, for me, I'll start it out. And uh, it was Hunter Long, the guy that Micah had at number three. And, um, yeah, he's uh, 6'5", 250, played at Boston College. This was a stat that I was unsure of that I had written down correctly, but it's correct. He had the most receptions and the most yards in the nation last year, more than Kyle Pitts. Now, he mm-hmm. played in more games than Kyle Pitts, but that being said, 
it's still mm-hmm. impressive. I was not aware of that. I just assumed that Kyle Pitts had, you know, miles away from every other tight end in this class, but yeah, I mean, his production was awesome. 57 receptions, 685 yards and five touchdowns. The year before he had uh, 28 receptions, 500 yards, only two touchdowns, but I mean, good production for a tight end two years in a row. Um, yeah, that, that was surprising to me. He has really sure hands and he's a decent route runner. Uh, he ran a four, six 40, uh, his three cone was horrible. So, uh, you mm-hmm. kind of see it on the field. He so doesn't have DK's. Yeah. So it was DK's that's fair. I don't think I'm going to project <laughs> Hunter long to be the next DK Metcalf, but you don't know. Um, yeah, I don't, I could be totally wrong here, but that being said, uh, I think that's a problem on the field. He needs more fluidity, the ability to cut and change direction. It kind of looks ugly sometimes. So I think that's why I have him at number five. Um, but that being said, despite that, he was the, the most productive tight end in the league last year. So, um, you know, uh, or in the nation, not not in the league. But yeah, I think, I, Micah, you, you, you said you thought he was the best blocker and I, I thought he was an okay blocker. I didn't. I definitely think guys like Trimble and and Fryermuth to me, uh, I, I would put him in maybe like the second tier with um with maybe like around Kyle Pitts' level. Like it's good enough, but I don't I didn't I, I didn't quite see the best blocker in the class like you saw. But that being said, uh, I, it's not something that's a weakness for him. So um, yeah, that's 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 kind of why I have him at number five. Um, but I do think he's going to go early because of that production, maybe earlier than who I have it um, for uh, Yaboa, certainly. But um, yeah, I think he's going to be a solid prospect. And um, yeah, he, he barely edged out Trimble just because of that production. And just because I, I do think um, maybe he's already a little bit more polished of a, of a pass catcher. So, uh, but yeah, Mike, if you want to get into your number five. I will finally talk about Mr. Brevin Jordan. He rounds out my, um, top five, uh, dude, I, I really do like him. I don't like him as much as you two or a lot of people. And part of that is the run blocking and it's, it's bad. It's, it's not good, but he does give effort, which is a good sign. And I don't think that hurts him to where he's going to be like way further down than everyone else in my rankings. Cause I just think the top five of this draft is exceptionally well, especially compared to pre honestly, previous years, there's not very many drafts where like, there's a lot of good tight end production. And I really do think that this draft class has a chance to put out five guys. And Brevin has just such good ability after the catch. Dude. He, he really moves kind of like a wide receiver a little bit because he's like, he's very elusive for a tight end, which is, you know, you don't see very often, but sometimes he just drops balls and he makes mental mistakes. And I think it could end up costing him. And I had the same, like a lot of the same comps as you did with him, Josiah, when you mentioned David and Joku earlier. And I know that's because he went to Miami too, but I could really just see him end up in a situation where he's just not like the top tight end in the offense. And then he just ends up getting like stuck behind other guys. And just everyone's like, Oh, he's going to produce because he can have like these highlights throughout the games or I'm wrong on him, he goes somewhere, he becomes a top dog, and he ends up as, like, the number three or two tight end in this class, and I think he has the potential to be, but I also think he has a very low floor. I can see him not working out and not getting past his rookie contract as well. So that's another reason why I have him ranked lower, but he is a very good runner, and he didn't show out on his pro day the way you would want him to, 
But I also think that we shouldn't always look at pro days and not players for it because what he can do on the field speed-wise I think is good enough. So I don't hate Brevin Jordan. I just really like the other guys more. And I just think the fact that there's five tight ends that I think can be starters and fan, like viable fantasy options is kind of rare, actually. Mm. Yeah. Nathan, why don't you round us out with our, your number five tight end? Uh, yeah. First of all, I will say, I don't know if I'm as high as y'all on this class as a whole compared to like other classes. Cause I mean, last year's class, it was like like Harrison Bryant was the first tight end since Dallas Goddard to have over a thousand yards receiving in college. Like Bryson Hopkins, his last year had over eight hundred yards and seven touchdowns. I mean, Troutman last year's Trout, guys produced Troutman like crazy. Was Troutman was a beast at, at Dayton. Yeah, so I mean, production wise, I agree. I guess I just mean NFL prospect wise, and maybe yeah. it's because Pitts is in this class. Yeah, the yeah, best prospect yeah. of all. Yeah, I think Pitts wise. offsets it. Um, I think there are a lot of guys in the other in the last class that we in contention for near the top of this one. But um, with that being said, um, I, my number five guy is Hunter Long. Uh, he did make my list. Um, yeah. He is pushing. He's fighting with Trimble as the like second most athletic tight end. Um, obviously, Pitts being the first, but um, what he, he comes in third on that list is because his threes cone is atrocious and uh, he doesn't have the vert or, you know, some of the other traits that, um, Tremble has. And also like I have to say with Josiah, he, um, I, I didn't see him on the same level at all as Tremble as a blocker. I, I wrote down that he was a decent blocker, um, but not on the level of Friar Muth and, uh, definitely not on the level as Tremble, but, uh, but definitely not an area where he's like super weak or anything. Um, where he is elite is that he has an 83 inch catch rate wingspan, uh, which means he's almost as much as Kyle Pitts. Wow. Uh, he has an elite catch radius. Um, and he's one inch shorter than Kyle Pitts. So, um, it's almost the same length ratio to his body. Um, but yeah, elite catch radius. Um, he uses this a lot to help him succeed in contested catch situations. You see him like just read over guys and pull the ball away. Um, so, and also I got to agree with Mike that like I wrote down that he suffered from poor quarterback play. I didn't bother looking up poor Sapp's name because he sucks so bad. Um, but there were a lot of times where Long was open and he ran a good route and the quarterback just like never even looked his way at all. So he was terrible. Um, the other good thing with Long is he has experience being put out wide and playing in lines. So um that versatility could help him find playing time a little sooner that being said i do think he's going to need some time to develop um so weaknesses for him uh he has more long speed than quickness uh he he needs longer he needs longer developing routes to gain separation uh he's not doing it good doing it quick off the line um he sometimes he doesn't seem to cleanly catch the ball as much as he should like um several incompletions i saw where he's kind of double grabbing it or um just not able to quite bring it in as cleanly as you would want um but uh, yeah the main thing is like if a defender can disrupt him early in the route and keep him from building up that momentum uh he can struggle because like i said he doesn't have that quick burst to get back up to speed so um those are kind of the weaknesses I saw from him, but obviously produced well in college and a very athletic player. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's uh, definitely worth taking in your rookie draft. 
Yeah, yeah. So that uh, that rounds out our tight end discussion. Uh, I did mention that Trimble was my honorable mention. I think I'm the only guy that had Yaboa in my top five. Um, is there any guys you want to mention, uh, whether it's Yaboa or somebody else that that you had as an honorable mention? Are you guys ready to move on to these wide receivers here? I mean, yeah, you got to mention Trey McKitty, man. Trey McKitty, uh, Georgia Bulldog. UGA player uh, also has a hell of wing, 81 inches, so big, long arm dude. Um, yeah, he didn't have a ton of. He had barely any production this past Six year catches. because uh, he. Yeah, he. Um, he was injured. Yeah, he had to get. Uh, he had a lingering knee injury that he had to get scoped uh, during the preseason, so he didn't. He only played four games. Um, so he didn't get a whole lot of touches, but if you look at his Florida state film, there's definitely a lot to like, and even in his Georgia film, there's lots to like. So, um, he, he has really good contact balance. That's one thing he's hard to get down when he gets the ball. Um, and he has really good vision in the open field, so he can actually be a problem there. Uh, so, uh, and he was also, he showed out at the senior bowl, man, like he was voted top tight in and those that vote are linebackers and safeties. So um, he was really good as a receiver, especially he had several one-handed grabs where he just like caught the ball like it was a junior ball or something. And it makes sense because this dude has a pair of fucking bear mitts for hands. Like he has 11 inch hands, ladies and gentlemen, that is almost as large as the largest quarterback hands ever in the NFL. Um so yeah, it's uh, he just can palm the ball so easily. I, I really think that makes it easier for him as a receiver. Um, weaknesses for him would just be lack of production, especially his final year. Um, but the other thing is he gets banged up too often. He's rarely played for a whole season in college, so um, he's been a little bit injury prone. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely, yeah, I would throw a fifth rounder at him for sure and stash him away, depending on landing spot, of course. Yeah, I do think he has some potential. Um, he, that one-handed catch that he made, at least in the end zone in the senior bowl, was sick. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, Maybe it was just the injury. I mean, even when he came back, he was averaging a catch a game, basically. Uh, but that, you know, that could have just been he wasn't worked into offense, didn't have the chemistry with with uh, with JT Daniels at that point. Um, so, you know, I can forgive that. I, I think it's fair to mention his honorable mention, even outside of our Georgia fandom. So, so uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be – he's definitely going to be a day three pick, probably sixth or seventh rounder. But, you know, if he's your fourth or, or – I'd say even a fifth round pick, I think um, – you know, it's not a bad, I still have Josiah DeGuara on a lot of my rosters because he shares the same name as me and kind of a guy like Josiah where you gotta, you gotta wait for a minute, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a good honorable mention, but. So one Kyle Pitts, uh, two, um, Pat Fewermuth. I avoid saying his name earlier cause I can't say it. Um, number three, Hunter Long. Number four, Tommy Trimble, and number five, Brevin Jordan. All right, yeah. Uh, so number one, I had Kyle Pitts. Number two, I had Pat Fryermuth. I don't know what's difficult about that, go. Micah, but you know, Fryermuth. Uh, number three, we had Brevin Jordan. Number four, Kenny Yaboa. Hi, guy. Uh, and number five, <laughs> we had Hunter Long. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's get into these. uh, We're going to do 11 through 15, uh, I guess, or at least uh, we'll do like 11 through 13 and then maybe just talk about our our last couple of guys. We'll we'll, we'll just kind of feel it out here. But 
Um, I'll go ahead and start it out here because there's a guy that was left off of my top 10 that uh, both of these guys are giving me grief about. Um, but uh, that is Kadarius Tony. And look, I know that wide receiver 11 ranking seems like, oh, you're so off of Tony. You think he sucks and he's the worst player in the world. That's really not the case. I just think that this is a really, really deep class. And I think that I, he has the highest bust potential for me because I don't like his route running. He takes way too many steps and does a lot of moves that sometimes, sometimes it works out and he gets open, but a lot of times he's just like, it's almost like he's, like hitting the circle button too many times on Madden or something. Like, I don't know, man. He's just uh, needs to get a lot more polished. But that being said, uh, he's very high upside. He's one of the best athletes in this wide receiver class. Um, he's going to profile, of course, as a slot guy. And we cover, kind of covered this, um, uh, you know, last week. But um, I think me being off of him, I'm, it might end up burning me. And, hey, maybe he'll turn into a wide receiver too somewhere. I do think that's his upside. I don't think he's ever going to be the main target on any team. Um, I kind of comp him to a Darnell Mooney where I was also, you know, I didn't really think much of Dar Darnell Mooney, uh, but he has this elite speed and elite quickness and can get open downfield. And, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney works outside as well as the slot, so maybe that's not a perfect comp. And maybe Tony will be able to be an outside receiver in the NFL because he does have the – he's not short. He's 5'11", almost 6 feet, so it's not like he's too short to do it. But, yeah, I'm just off of him. I mean, not not completely off of him. I'll get him at the end of the second round, um, and I do think his landing spot can make him jump up to maybe spot number 8 or 7 maybe for me. But, um, yeah, I think he's a great athlete, just is very raw, probably the rawest prospect uh, among – uh, these wide receivers that we've mentioned thus far. So for me, that's why he fell. Um, but Michael, why don't you give us your number 11? So I don't really know if I'm taking crazy pills when I tell you my number 11, if I'm just way too high on this guy or what it is, but, Oh, there's something about the little man who didn't play this past year. Mr. K Johnson from North Dakota, dude, I have a feeling he could be this year's James Robinson, a like smaller division two guy who just ends up setting everything on fire, dude. I, I'm I'm buying all the K Johnson stocks. And I might be ranking him at 11 off of like where you're gonna be able to draft him because you will be able to get him in the fifth round. And it could be just fantasy value, but I, I can't wait to see where he goes in the actual NFL draft is what I'm really intrigued by. I see him being as high as a fifth rounder. I can see him honestly being like a seventh rounder. Um, I don't know how teams are having him ranked, but dude, I, I like little K Johnson. I know it sucks when you play somewhere like a North Dakota because everyone looks at these smaller guys who aren't playing a D1. But, dude, he did exactly what these guys are supposed to do, and he puts up stats, dude. He had his, like, last year in 2019 playing multiple games over 100 yards, and he's just getting a ton of receptions at the same time, and it could just be the talent against him. But when I watch him play, he looks kind of like Darnell Mooney. I kind of really hate that you described Kadarius Tony as Darnell Mooney because they're not the same player. And I thought Johnson was a lot more like Darnell Mooney, but that he's, I mean, it's not the same thing. Lower school guy going late in drafts and yeah, dude. So Kay Johnson, he, he's my man. I'm gunning after. So real quick, just because I don't have a write up on Kay Johnson here, cause he's not in my top 15. <laughs> uh, what 
what what are his measurables? You said he's a small guy. How small is like what? Five ten, one how... eighty. That's not bad. Okay. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not bad. One eighty four. So one eighty four. Yeah. With this yeah. class, that's about par for the course. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. like, I just like watching his but, tape because he gets separation, and I know it is, and it sucks that it is like at North Dakota and these D two schools, but guys have shown to produce from these small schools, and I think he's the next one. Okay. Well. And I haven't, I haven't written up a whole lot about him, but just so our viewers can or listeners can know, um, played at South Dakota State. Uh, his, his measurables from his forty day, he ran a four five flat. Uh, no, he got twenty nine inch arms, so not very long arms, but he had a thirty five inch vertical. That's good. Nine foot six inch broad. That's kind of average subpar. But his production in twenty eighteen, in thirteen games, he had over thirteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns averaging 19 yards per reception or 20 yards per reception my bad and in 2019 uh he uh he got 72 receptions for 100 or 1222 yards and eight touchdowns so he's he's racked up the yardage um smaller school but he's done well there okay yeah i mean i did watch a i'll be on i watched a game maybe two of him and uh maybe i watched the wrong games i wasn't very impressed i think he's probably i have him in the i haven't completely gotten out uh from 16 to 20 but i have him in the list of guys that i kind of had in consideration for the top 15 but um he was one of the guys i eliminated more quickly so maybe i do need to go back and watch a little bit more film uh maybe maybe i didn't didn't give him enough of a chance but just to be clear is it north dakota state or south dakota state that he played at yeah, he, he played South at Dakota North Dakota. State. Oh, we got South it. Dakota State. No, he played at North Dakota. North oh, yeah, Dakota just Jack like Rabbits. Tony played at Tennessee. Dude, Kay Johnson. I'm looking at his stats right now. It says South Dakota State. Oh, it does. Then what the? I'm oh, two yeah, for two dude, on this one, buddy. It is South Dakota State. That's fine. For some reason, my my dumbass wrote down North Dakota. No, no, we're keeping it. My dumbass wrote down North Dakota because you can't, there's no like, you have to go to like the school's website for his stats. Oh, gotcha. so, yeah, I didn't look at cool. I just assumed it was North Dakota and okay yeah, okay right. okay cool just yeah, yeah I just because I, I thought yeah. I remembered when it being you, South Dakota as well but then I was like was Trey Lance throwing in the ball like I was like thinking about it but yeah okay okay yeah dude and their logo like it's hard to, to okay well anyways Dakota right. okay no worries yeah <laughs> <laughs> same thing north oh. south you know same state well Nathan yeah. uh who do you have number 11 yeah, number eleven for me is a little more well-known guy, uh, Tamarion Terry out of FSU. Uh, I really like this guy watching his film. Uh, he's definitely more of a burner type guy, uh, but he he holds the school record for uh, uh, with five seventy-plus yard touchdowns. Uh, he's an absolute burner deep, uh, which is crazy because he's also six foot three, two hundred seven pounds. So. Uh, ran a 449 in his pro day, so has a really good combo of size and speed. Um, so, uh, showing the ability, like I said, to break defenses with the long ball, he's really good at that. Um, he's also good after the catch, he, he has good vision and space and can really pull away from a defense at the second level. Um, he, he's good in contested catch situations, he's not elite in that area, but he creates a lot of separation, uh, which limits the amount of time he has to show off that. But he does, uh, 
he does do that well as as well. Um, so shows good strength and contact balance as well for fighting through extra yardage. And even as a redshirt freshman, he was voted uh, offensive MVP on, on a team that had Cam Akers. So um, he produced from a very early age uh, as a redshirt sophomore. He had uh, 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns in 13 games. So um, really good player, like what I saw from him. Uh, weaknesses for me would be he's a bit unrefined. Or he's a lot uh, unrefined when uh, running routes underneath. Um, needs to develop a better release and a more polished route running here. Uh, also, he had a knee injury, cut his season short, and opted out of the remainder of the season in November. Um, so that's his first significant injury. So that's the good news, but he did have a knee injury. Uh, and he's a bit more of a long strider, so I would say he doesn't have, like, elite side-to-side agility by any means. Um, but uh, but he's really good at making you pay downfield. So um, the only other interesting stat is he uh, had, like, a 10-foot, 6-foot jump. That's also impressive. So good athlete. Uh, definitely one of the bigger receivers here. So like what I saw, he's my number 11. Yeah. 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 I think that's a, that's a good guy there for sure. And uh, with that, I'll jump into my number 12 and this is a guy uh, I might be crazy. I stumbled upon him. Haven't heard a lot of people talk about him, but number 12 for me is Dwayne Eskridge out of Western Michigan. And uh, I don't, I mean, he, he's five, nine, so he is smaller. He's a, but he's 190. So he's thick. He's got a very muscular build. Um, he played for five years, so he is older. He's 24. Um, but every year he played, he had great production. I mean, he only played in six games this year, but he had 35 receptions, uh, 768 yards and eight touchdowns. But here's the crazy stat. 23.3 yards per catch. He is sick. And it wasn't even a lot of downfield targets. It's yards after catch. He really has this like great speed and quickness on the field. Uh, he didn't run his 40, so I can't give you a number, but man, it looks fast. Now, don't don't get me wrong. He's playing for Western Michigan. The competition isn't exactly elite on the field, but I mean, uh, he really does just look like the fastest guy on the field and the best player on the team. Um, he's a very capable route runner. He uh, runs routes deep, short, over the middle, um, on outside of the numbers, slot, outside, everything. Uh, he profiles more of as a downfield threat, threat, uh, threat slot guy probably in the in the NFL, but um, he isn't easy to bring down. He is 5'9", but, man, he runs with some force too. And uh, so he's both shifty and elusive, but also uh, he, it's tough to bring him down, good center of balance. So uh, his negatives, he played for five years. Uh, he's older. He's 24. Uh, doesn't have a crazy burst off the line. Uh, so, you know, if you can get a bigger cornerback to jam him up there, you can probably stop him for the most part. And he also had an injury. If I'm remembering correctly, it was an ACL tear in 2019, but – I don't have written down what it was, so I could be wrong about that. I need to look, but uh, yeah, he was injured pretty much all of 2019, um, but he did come back this year and play and had no issues. So I'm not too worried about that, but there is an injury history there, but yeah, for me, number 12, Dwayne Eskridge, Western Michigan. I, uh, I think I'd like to get him probably in the third round. And as of right now, it looks like I'll be able to get him there. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Micah, uh, who do you got at number 12? I actually had this guy at number 11 until I started falling more and more in love with Kate Johnson over the past week. 
but it's the same person Nathan had at number 11 to marry on Terry. Oh, dude, he did something that should always be respected. And I talked about it with Hunter Long. He was in this dysfunctional place in Florida State with um, Alex Hornibrook and James Blackman as his two quarterbacks, and they're awful. And he was constant fans out there knowing Hornibrook and what he did there. Oh, and then he goes to Florida State. And, dude, even with these two as his quarterbacks, dude, he got over almost 1,200 yards. He had 11,188 and 60 catches and nine touchdowns with those guys as his quarterback. And he's tall. There's not a lot of tall receivers in this class, which I really like with him. And he actually had a fast 40. And I just think that he's going to end up going somewhere where he's going to not have to be a top guy and he could very well kind of develop into one right away. He, he hasn't had enough playing time. I think in him, you know, hurting himself this past year and opting out. I think he's going to have to recover and slowly get slowly rolled into things, but eventually Tamarian Terry could be a guy that we end up going. How do we underrate him so much in this draft? So I think he has the most upside out of everyone, anyone else I have left. And, yeah, so Tamara and Terry is going to be my 12th dude. And, right. and just to be clear, he, he is healed up from that knee injury. He may have some rust to shake off, but um, he is all healed up from that. He performed at his pro day and did really well. Yeah, I, I just, so I just should feel be like healthy. he's going to get – yeah, it may not just be the health-wise why he gets slowly rolled into a team, maybe experienced, but I just don't think he's going like, to light anything on fire his rookie year. But I think he's going to develop into a good okay. receiver. I don't, I don't see immediate. All right, I just want to make sure they didn't think it was like an, an ACL tear. No, no, like no, 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 no. I just yeah, – so, okay, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Nathan, who you got at number 12? Uh, yeah, actually – I had to go deep in my rankings to find uh, some of the guys y'all been bringing up, but uh, <laughs> not deep in the rankings, but deep in scouting film anyway. Um, but right. yeah, uh, number 12 for me, I am going to go with Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. Um, this guy, uh, and this guy probably would be higher up on my board, except for, going to go ahead and say this now, he has gotten injured a lot. Um, it's happened at like some convenient times, like in the season wise, and it's never a convenient time to get injured, but like uh, it happened in 2019, he had already played nine games and then he tore his ACL, uh, came back and then kind of dealt with knee and groin injuries throughout 2020 and then missed the final game with what they said was an undisclosed injury. And then also at the senior bowl, uh, he injured himself at practice and missed a game with what they also said was an undisclosed injury. So um, the fact that he's gotten banged up, especially really recently, is concerning to me. Um, so, and since I'm going over his weaknesses, I'll just round that out. Uh, the other issue is he he has um, like really short arms compared to the other guys here. Like he has a 72 inch wingspan, which is smaller than you would want from a guy his size. Um, so, uh, and he's also like a pretty average athlete in most other regards. He has decent speed, but he lacks like any elite traits, honestly. Um, but, 
so strengths for him though is like he has decent size he's five foot 11 194 pounds um he has good quickness and he has good change of direction so he can be dangerous in the open field um had very good production in college he was all american in 2018 and had three seasons of 900 plus yards and six plus touchdowns so um, really, really produced in college. Uh, he showed good contact balance. Uh, he's got really flexible hips, uh, really keeps his feet moving through contact well, uh, even if they dive at his ankles and stuff like that. So um, constantly fights for extra yardage. Uh, that may be why he's getting banged up a little bit more, but you like to see it on the field. Uh, has a pretty nasty stiff arm too for a wide receiver. Um, but um, yeah, he, he relies a little bit too much on contested catches. He's very good at them. Um, but he has to rely a little too much because he just kind of lacks that elite, you know, burst and speed. But um, but I like what I saw on film, and he, he produced well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, obviously, I had him uh, at number 10, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tyler Wallace fan, but I definitely agree that the injuries are concerning and uh, probably more so than any other receiver in this class that we've mentioned to this point at least, so. Uh, yeah, definitely something to, uh, some, some baked in risk injury, uh, injury risk there. But, uh, uh, I think we're on to number 13, Micah, you want to start out, start us out with number 13. Oh, I'm not trying to copycat you, Nathan, but I have Tylen Wallace at number 13. <laughs> um, no, I like a lot. I, I like what you said about him a lot. And I just want to add on to like, one thing that's like sad with him is even though like with his injuries, I still would like his production to be better in Mike Gundy's Oklahoma State offense. Like he only broke a thousand mm-hmm. yards once, and I know he chipped at it in the years he was hurt. But it seemed like I always wanted something more of him when I was like watching his film, and I think that's what you were saying about him not being like great at anything because he's just not. Like he's he's pretty good at everything, mm-hmm. and maybe he could get to the league and develop some things and start succeeding in certain aspects of his game, but it's not there now. And he doesn't have like overbearing speed on anybody or size. So he's just kind of a tweener and I, he can definitely put it together and be good. Like I have no problem with Josiah ranking him in his top 10 fairly well. And this coming next year, I could be ranking him in the top 10, but I think he's just going to have to work on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And if he does, he can end up being very, very good, but um, yeah, I'm just going to have to have him at 13 just because he's going to have to develop things. And that's where I usually raise some caution. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that, that covers all of us got a uh, Tyler Wallace in here and I'll move on to my number 13 so that we can all complete our coverage on Tamori and Terry. And, uh, yeah, I really like this guy as well. Um, he's six, four. That is one of the, is that the tallest receiver in this class? I think. Terrace Marshall is six three. Uh, I think so. Uh, I had him at. I had Terry at six three at his pro day. Um, okay. So about the same height. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he's among among the tallest guys here. Um, you guys mentioned had an absolutely elite year with with absolutely unelite quarterback play in twenty nineteen. He had almost uh, twelve hundred yards. Um, he's big and explosive. Uh, he's great at contested catches and at difficult, like contorting your body catches. He made a lot of really cool, um, just yeah, difficult catches and he has really sure hands. Didn't have a lot of drops. Um, he's good at tracking the ball when it's in the air. Um, and you know what, uh, there was a lot of hype. If he would have came out last year, people were considering him a first round pick last year. 
in last year's stack mm. uh, wide receiver class. So he probably would have. A lot of people took him in the uh, Debbie leagues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he was, he was, um, you know, he probably would have done himself a favor not to go back this year. Now, you guys didn't mention, and I don't have all the facts on the situation here, but he did have an injury this year, but then he came back. But then uh, he had some type of con- conduct issue. The coach was getting on to him, and he, like, gotten the big argument with his coach and ended up – he didn't opt out. He left his program. He completely left the Florida State mm. program. Now, it's interesting. Anyway, they let him come back mm. for the pro day. Uh, well, no, but I'm just saying that, like – and, I again, I don't really knock it. Maybe the guy was – maybe uh, – I don't know. Maybe there was something serious going on. I don't know what the issues that caused him to leave spurned from, so I can't really knock him for that. But I do think there's going to be NFL teams that knock him for that. Uh, and so I just think that draft stock wise, that could be an issue, but I just wanted to mention it because none of you got, I didn't hear you guys talk about it. So just, that's going to be a factor. That being said, that doesn't affect his play or his ability on the field. Um, I think he's definitely has really high upside, really, really high upside. And I mean, he's a big guy, so he can definitely end up, you know, three, four years down the road. If you told me he was the wide receiver one for a team. I would probably say they have a weak receiving core, but that being said, I wouldn't be uh, surprised, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could that, see him being a real good wide receiver too for a team like Flanker that just runs a lot of deep routes and stuff. Right. Um, he could be Right, but, yeah, you know, honestly, throw this guy on the Raiders right now, and honestly, I think he has a shot, you know, so um, to, be the, to be the number one, at least wide receiver target. Uh, but – that being said, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think landing spot's going to be a huge factor with him for me just because with the injury last year, and he also had an injury, I believe, his freshman year. I don't know if you guys can collaborate that, but I think he missed like three or four games with an injury there. So slight injury history, and then obviously leaving the, the program, I think is going to rub some teams wrong. But that being said, uh, 13, honestly, I can definitely make the argument to have him higher. And if somebody had them at number 10, I had them at number 10, for the sole purpose of the upside, I, I wouldn't blame them. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on Terry there. And, um, yeah, uh, I think, is it Nathan's turn for 13? Yeah, I can take it. Um, so yeah, now I'll get into, uh, one of my deep dives and it'll be Michael Strong out of Charleston. Mm. This guy in a draft of boy, of big receivers this guy is six foot five 228 pounds and he ran a four four six at his pro day he is uh, he's from the bahamas came to america to uh, play football he uh, was a former track star he actually says he was in the running to be uh, in the olympics for the bahamas as a runner in the 2020 olympics but uh covid obviously squashed that but um, probably not quite fast enough for that, but he does have legit track star speed, uh, especially for a guy his size. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, but he also tested out of the gym in every other regard. I mean, he has an 85-inch wingspan. That's two inches more than Kyle Pitts has. 85-inch wingspan. Uh, t- did 20 reps on the bench with that wingspan. Has 10-inch hands. Uh, also had a, a sub seven uh, second three cone. I mean, had a ridiculous three cone for a guy his size. 
35 inch vertical, 10 foot, seven inch broad. I mean, he is just a freak athlete. Um, obviously played at a lower level in Charleston. Uh, it's coming from the Bahamas. He didn't have a whole lot of experience with football, so didn't have a whole lot of high level offers, but he produced really, really well there after uh, getting, uh, getting his feet under him. So first two years didn't do much, but in 2018, uh, he had 48 receptions for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. And 2019, he had 78 receptions for over 1,300 yards and 19 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find a ton of film on this guy, but when you do see it, he is mossing people left and right. He, like, a lot of times he's double covered and he's just catching over both of their heads. Um, he just, his upside is unbelievable. So, I, I got to rank him here. Uh, he, if he fulfills his upside, he could be much higher than this. Um, but I think at the very least teams can use him early on as a deadly red zone target. I mean, he's, he's damn near unguardable in the red zone. So um, yeah, I, I really love what I see from this guy, his ability to bully secondary players, his speed, his athleticism. Um, he obviously he's a very raw prospect. Um, needs to refine a lot of his releases and route running, but uh, his he's got crazy upside. So, um, yeah, Mike Strawn, uh, Charleston, number 13 for me. Yeah, and I like that we all have our kind of small school deep dive guy here, uh, Micah with Cade Johnson, uh, Nathan you with Michael Strong there, and then myself with Dwayne Eskridge. So, yeah, you know, we're 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 watching this film and we're trying to give these these division two guys just as much of a of a fair shake um, when we're watching it. And, you know, you might not be hearing their names as much, but, um, yeah, these are guys we're willing to kind of now ranking them at 12 and 13. You know, how bold is that? But that being said, you know, we'll be targeting them in the third round, you know, probably before a lot of other people. So, um you know, just I would, just, say, I would say a lot of people have guys like Sage Surratt and uh, Seth Williams and guys like that much higher. So we'll, <laughs> right, we'll, right. we'll pat ourselves on the back a little bit. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think we're we're going off the beaten course a little bit there. So I, I like that we're all contributing in that regard. But um, yeah, well, we've all got a number thirteen there uh, for fourteen and fifteen, just for the sake of time and for the sake of whatever. Let's just all go around and give your fourteen and fifteen and just you know. Uh, you know, say as much as you need about them, no time limit or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, Micah, why don't we start with you and give us uh, number 14 and 15. So I really like my number 14 guy a lot. Um, He's another small school guy. He's from Arkansas State, Mr. Jonathan Adams Jr. He killed it this past year. In only 10 games, he had 79 catches for 1,111 yards and 12 touchdowns. I know that's in the Sun Belt. But it's a halfway decent league, and that's pretty impressive to put up. That's putting over over 100 yards a game and a touchdown, which is, you know, those are numbers you want to see from your guys. And in 2019, he actually played against the University of Georgia, and he had seven catches for 85 yards. And I remember watching that game, dude, and I remember being, ooh, this guy. So I've always had him in the back of my head, and when he jumped down, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to watch him again. I kept watching this film and seeing how he produced in his senior year. Micah. You're like the radio of like people that have like like a statistics against Georgia. <laughs> like you'd be like, yeah. oh yeah, that, that offensive lineman wow. had three three pancake blocks. I remember I remember the 2014 game, Andy yeah. Isabella, he creamed us. Yeah, he had 246 <laughs> I, yards in North Texas. 
you like to repeat that you internalize that shit i like it i like it uh but, but anyway I'll, continue um i think jonathan adams jr is gonna get drafted pretty high i can see him getting in like squeezed into honestly the fifth round i really think that team's gonna like him I don't, i'm sure they're gonna see what i saw so Jonathan Adams Jr. is another guy I'm going to be high on. And the number 15 is kind of where I started dropping off. But for many reasons, and I know you all are going to hate me for it, but I actually have Anthony Schwartz at number 15, primarily on the fact that, one, he ran, like, a 4.2940, and, like, that's fast, dude. I just – I can't not I'm, – I'm a speed whore. Uh, so I like the speed. And also you can name your team with a lot of things with Schwartz, like may the Schwartz be with you. And I think that's honestly has a lot of value in itself. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think just my thoughts on Schwartz, he was a guy that I was teetering with, but you do need more than speed. I mean, speed is important, but you need more, more than speed and to, to be a wide receiver. And I think but at this late aspect outside of there, he still needs to develop, but Hey, I don't, I don't hate your ranking. I'm, I'm saying I agreed, but yeah. the reason why I did not put him here is, is because I just think he has a lot to develop outside of that one trait, but he does that that one trait is, I mean, and, absolutely elite track star four two speed. So, I mean, it's, it's next level. So. And I would bring up you know, his production against the University of Georgia, but Auburn can't play against us or be on our level. So there's nothing to say I mean, about I him on against us. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess, uh, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and give us your number 14 and 15, bud? Uh, yeah, I'll just go over these guys real quick. Um, although I do like this guy, Marquez Stevenson, at number 14 out of Houston. Uh, he's, he's about typical size for this class. He's five foot 10, 180 pounds. Um, but he's very, very quick. He's, he's an electric playmaker, honestly. Um, but he also has very above average vision in the open field. Uh, so he can be deadly there. He was very good on kick returns. So that should help him stick on any team he goes to. Um, but yeah, I mean, he also produced very well. I mean, didn't play much as a freshman, but basically in three years, he had 2,500 yards and 24 touchdowns. Um, so playing for Houston. So he uh, had, I think, like high 4-4 speed. Um, he had an incredible three-cone, six-second point seven six three-cone, just unreal quickness. Um, also pretty good vert and broad, too. So he's a good athlete. Uh, the only thing is he's gotten banged up over various seasons, um, like 2017, 2020. He's had several injuries, so. Um, but good production, very good playmaker, um, really good after the catch. But, um, but yeah, I like what I see from him. Uh, then finally, number 15 for me is going to be Jalen Darden out of North Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This guy, he's a little smaller undersized. He's 5'8", 174 pounds, but he showed out at his pro day, man. Uh, he, he looked fantastic, and he showed out all of 2020, honestly, in nine games. He had 74 receptions for almost 1,200 yards and 19 touchdowns. So, you know, again, obviously he's not playing the high level competition, but he's producing very well when he's playing there. Uh, he runs mid 4-4. He's got mid 4-4 speed, um, has good vertical and broad. He's a pretty good athlete, especially for his size. Um, and he hasn't gotten banged up. He's, you know, he's been very – he's played, uh, you know, 13 or 12 games almost every year of his career. So – um and and produced while doing it so uh really like what i see from this guy 
Um, should be a good uh, value pick later in the drafts. But uh, yeah, Jalen Darden, North Texas, number 15 for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so neither one of my 14 or 15 guys were in your top 15. So uh, that'll that, that's interesting to me. One guy I definitely thought would be in y'all's top 15, and I thought I would be low on him, but turned out to be the high guy, and that's Amari Rogers. Um, I, you know, he, he, uh, it was projected that, um, oh, what's his name? Justin Ross was going to be the, mm-hmm. the, the, the number one target that this year, Justin Ross went down and look, Amari Rogers. I mean, he's mainly a slot receiver. It's true. He's five ten, but he's 211 pounds. I don't know if that was his pro day weigh in or just what a, I think that is, that was what he was at his pro day, but yeah, I mean, bigger guy for, for five ten. I mean, he doesn't really look it, but it's there. Um, but 77 receptions, 1,020 yards, seven touchdowns. I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence was throwing him the ball. You can knock him for that, but he still had to catch the passes. He still had to be in position, and he was really good at doing those things. He has a quick release off the line. He's a really crisp route runner. There wasn't a lot of wasted motion. Um, very quick in and out of cuts. Uh, he's good at making difficult catches, not even just uh, contested catches, but yeah, like over the shoulder, can't see it, defender in your eyesight. Um, and he also returns kicks. So um, I think that that, that could um, have some some value uh, helping him get on the field and get drafted in the next uh, at the next level. But he's definitely undersized. He's not going to be a number one. One thing that's the biggest knock on him I have, he's very easily tackled. Almost every guy that got his hands on him brought him down. I didn't see a lot of broken tackles. Now, he was shifty enough to get around guys sometimes, but if a guy touches him, he got him down. So you don't love that. Um, and he lacks the top-end speed. Um, I'm not sure if he ran. I don't have his 40 time. I'm not sure if he ran it or not, but um, he's definitely not a burner by any means, but he is a very solid, I think technically sound receiver. Um, Kind of, I put him in the same realm as, um, as uh, Tylen Wallace and that he's not elite at any things, but he does a lot of things really, really well, like you guys mentioned. And so I think that'll be good enough to, to get him. Uh, while he doesn't have any one trait like Anthony Schwartz's speed, I think he has enough good traits to where that'll get him drafted in the fourth or fifth round. But um, yeah, that's my number 14. And then number five, I had to have him. I don't like having him. Um, I did really consider Jaden Darden here. That would be my honorable mention, but it's Seth Williams. Um, he is uh, 6'3", 211 pounds, uh, coming out of Auburn. Uh, last year he had 47 receptions, 760 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously that was in, I think, uh, nine games that he played last year. And, uh, and that's what, Oh, 11. Okay. And that's where the Bo Nix throwing him the ball, uh, which Bo Nix is not a good quarterback. Um, so yeah. So, you know, I think he did as well as he could have in 2019. It was a much better year. Um, he had 59 uh, receptions, 830 yards and eight touchdowns. So he definitely had more hype coming into this year. I think a lot of people were projecting him to be a second round pick in, in dynasty drafts. Um, but he does have really good size in an in a undersized class. Uh, comes away with contested and leaping catches as we expect a big guy to do. He has a fluid release and he's quick for a big, big guy. So he's not the fastest by any means, but you know, I think he's actually maybe the best blocker. This is why I had to have him in my 15. He's one of the best blockers in this class. He's super solid at blocking. I mean, he's really good at that uh, for a receiver and he, he, he seeks out contact even when he has the ball. So he's kind of a, 
a grinder, a rough guy. And I think a lot of guys, uh, a lot of NFL coaches like that. So I think that his blocking will allow him to, to maybe get some play his rookie year where maybe some of these other guys were mentioning in this, in this realm, uh, it'll be a little bit harder for him to get on the field, but, um, yeah, that's 14 and 15 for me, Seth Williams, uh, number 15 and Amari Rogers, number 14. So, uh, real quick, you guys just want to run through 11 through 15 for everybody. You can do that. We we can run through one through fifteen if you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when do you guys start first? Uh, when do you guys start first? Because I got to get my other list. But yeah, uh, if if you want to start, if you want to start us out, Nathan, go ahead and give us one through fifteen. Yeah. So we can give you a little recap of last episode and full picture of this wide receiver class. Uh, number one, obviously Jamar Chase. Two, Devonte Smith. Three, Jalen Waddle. Four, Rashad Bateman. Five, Kadarius Toney. Six, Terrace Marshall. Seven, Diame Brown. Eight, Elijah Moore. Nine, Amon Ross St. Brown. Ten, Rondale Moore. Then from today, 11, Tamarion Terry. 12, Tylen Wallace. 13, Mike Strawn. 14, Marquez Stevenson. And 15, Jalen Darden. Nice. Michael, what are yours? So I had Jamar Chase, number one, Jalen Waddle, number two, Devontae Smith, number three, Terrace Marshall, number four. Did I say that right? It's not Terrace. It's Terrace. Yeah, you got it. Lakeview Terrace. Terrace, yes. <laughs> uh, number five, Rondell Moore. Six, six Kadarius Tony. Seven, Diami Brown. Eight, Rashad Bateman. Nine, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and 10, Elijah Moore. And then our um, 11 through 15 that we did today is number 11, Kay Johnson, number 12, Tamarion Terry, 13, Tylen Wallace, 14, Jonathan Adams Jr., and at 15, Anthony Schwartz. Josiah. All right. And for me, it was uh, number one, Jamar Chase, number two, Devontae Smith. Number three, Rashad Bateman. Number four, Jalen Waddle. Number five, Terrace Marshall. Number six, Rondell Moore. Number seven, Amon Ross St. Brown. Number eight, Elijah Moore. Number nine, Deami Brown. And number 10, Tylen Wallace. And then uh, starting with 11 from today, I had Kadarius Tony. 12, we had Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan. Uh, 13, we had Tamori and Terry. 14, we had Amari Rogers. And 15, we had Seth Williams. So, uh, yeah, that completes our coverage. And, you know, of course, there's guys we didn't get to and everything. But, I mean, let's see, 15 receivers, uh, 10 running backs, 8 quarterbacks, 5 tight ends, calculating. Uh, so close to 40 players. I think it's like 36 to 38 players. So, you know, we covered your first three rounds and uh, gave us our thoughts on that. Uh, next week, you will be able to hear hear us get a little bit deeper uh, as we're going to do uh, either a four or five round mock draft. We'll see how much time we we end up having for that episode and covering all those. But um, we're really excited for that. It's going to be uh, interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, so be sure to tune in for that. Uh, and then the week before the draft, we're going to be doing just a draft hype draft wants and dreams and who where we want players to go and team needs and projections and all that thing so uh it'll be it'll be a fun exercise to do there so we as always we appreciate you listening uh guys any last points to add here no dude i'm just ready for the draft 
It's almost here. I think we covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just ready for players to get selected. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm in agreement there, guys. It's a, it's a very exciting time, and I'm more excited. I mean, the draft is one thing, but I'm excited to get into our actual drafts, and and uh, that's why I'm excited for this mock draft exercise we're doing next week. So uh, be sure to tune into that, guys. We're excited to do it. Uh, with that, this is Nathan, Micah, and Josiah, Fantasy Dogs.